I really want to talk to you this morning about the current situation across the world. Matthew 24, 12 tells us, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Jesus prophesied that in the last days, lawlessness and wickedness would increase and because of that, people's hearts would grow cold. We live in a time that sets legal precedents for legitimizing sin, turning whole nations and cultures away from God's most basic teachings. Sadly, in many cases today, the concept of justice has been perverted in an attempt to defend the so-called rights of all groups against God's commandments as he set them down in his Torah, that is, the Old Testament. This is certainly a time in which the love of many is growing cold. Take a look around you. There is no need for any more explanation on that. You can see it in every nation. The Hebrew prophet Amos, whose writings, by the way, are included in the Old Testament as one of the 12 minor prophets. But he also lived in such an age as we're living in today. His warnings to Israel and the surrounding nations still ring true and carry the same urgency in our time. Just as Israel, Judah and the surrounding nations were not able to escape the judgment that their actions brought against them, so the actions of Israel and the nations today are weighed in the balance. Although Israel today is a sign and a wonder, even this tiny nation, which is such a blessing to the world, has also fallen into the trap of accepting modern values that deny the basic tenets set down by the creator of the universe. The Bible states that Amos prophesied, and I quote this, two years before the earthquake, which was roughly halfway through the 8th century BC. And Amos lived at the same time as the prophet Hosea. Both were active during the reign of Jeroboam II, king of the ten northern tribes of Israel, and Uzziah, king of Judah. I always find the history so interesting. During the first half of the 8th century before Christ, Jeroboam was able to extend the borders of his nation and his government prospered, receiving much tribute from his conquered territories. Uzziah's reign was marked by peace and prosperity as well. But despite 
the success and material prosperity of the Northern Kingdom, moral decay ran rampant and the hearts of many were cold. The affluent of Israel were focused on themselves and not on caring for one another. They were more concerned with acquiring wealth than with living righteously. The book of Amos describes an arrogant, hypocritical, immoral people who sold the needy, the oppressed, and oppressed the poor and took advantage of the helpless, charged exorbitant rents, and gained profits dishonestly. Even the prophets prophesied for money. Israel then had become a nation in which the life of the poor was considered cheap, while the rich lounged about eating the best food, listening to music and getting drunk. They thought only of themselves with little concern for the nation as a whole. Although they kept their festivals and the Sabbath, they did so grudgingly and out of obligation. Amos chastised the people who brought sacrifices and worshipped God without repenting. And in chapter 5, verses 21 and 23, Amos says, quotes God here, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice offering, fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. God is unmoved by our holy feasts and celebrations when they are practised without turning to him. In other words, we just do them because it's time to do so. Each of us can examine ourselves in the light of these verses that I've just read but, and as we read on. But we need to check our hearts to make sure that our actions have not become just routine and routine repetitions of well-known praise songs and dances and holy days, just like holidays. The age of Amos was a time of corruption and the degeneration of moral values. In the north, temples were built on high places containing every form of idol, including the golden calves that the first king Jeroboam had set up to draw the people away from the holy temple of Jerusalem. And as these practices grew, the teachings of the Torah were increasingly 
treated with contempt. One might see a parallel situation in the way that people today, both in Israel and abroad, have come to worship material pleasures, cultural icons and false religions, which largely disregard the morals and beliefs set down in the word of God, especially in the Torah, the Old Testament. God continually attempted to combat this trend by sending his prophets to the people with admonitions, but their warnings, for the most part, simply went unheeded. Does that sound familiar, like today? They weren't valuing the poor and the needy. In fact, in Amos chapter 5, verse 24, we read, But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. To turn Israel back to himself, Adonai uprooted a shepherd farmer from Judah and sent him to Israel. Amos is a quiet and humble man who does not want to be associated with the professional prophets who served the kings at that time. And in chapter 7, verse 14, Amos answered Amaziah, the king of that time, or, or, or the, the, the official of that time. I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. In other words, I'm just a nobody. I'm just poodling along. And Amos warns the northern tribes of Israel that they will be judged for their disregard of God's word and his laws, as well as for their sexual offences and indifferences to the needs of the poor. There's a special Hebrew word for that. And it's evyonim, evyonim. And it means those in need. People turn their backs on those in need. But we see this word used elsewhere in scripture. In Exodus 23:11, this same word refers to those who lack food. And in Isaiah 41:17, it refers to those who lack water. In Job 31:19, it refers to those who are in need of clothing. Amos tells Israel that the Evyonim are being crushed. Chapter 4, verse 1. And overtaxed. Chapter 5, verse 11. Amos also uses other terms for the poor and needy. He speaks of the Anavim. That's the lowly ones. In chapter 8, verse 4. Those who are afflicted and vulnerable. Isaiah 61 verse 1 describes them as meek or humble. Amos rails against the exploitation of the Dalim, 
and that translates as poor have-nots. In his description of the gap between the rich and the poor in the northern kingdom, this word is used. They are forced into debt through borrowing at exorbitant rates in order to hold on to their land and that led to debt slavery. Those who prospered are said to have done so through use of crooked, deceitful scales. Bribes are used to subvert justice in chapter 5, verse 12. Amos encourages correct judgment or being judged for one's acts. And the word there, the Hebrew word is mishpat. Correct judgment or being judged for one's acts. And the righteousness, which is the tzitzdakha, emphasizing the requirement to act rightly and in accordance with God's word. He warns the rich that they would not be able to enjoy their riches for much longer because judgment is coming upon Israel. And in verse 5, sorry, in chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, he tells them, seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. But we're not just speaking about Israel here. We're using Israel as an example of where we are in the world today. Amos appears before the people as they are sacrificing to their golden calf at the special temple set up by King Jeroboam I and announces God's intention to punish Israel. And this angers the crowd and Amaziah, the priest, incites the people against him. But Jeroboam protects him. Amaziah ridicules Amos, telling him to go to Judah, where he would be more accepted as a prophet. Amos replies that he is neither a prophet nor the son of one, but a simple man sent by God to warn the people. And you'll read that in chapter 7, verses 10 to 15. Amos, a simple man, sent to warn God's people. Nevertheless, Amos is forced to leave the northern kingdom and return to his home in Tekoa in the southern kingdom of Judah. This expulsion prompts Amos to write down his message. Now he's the first of the prophets to do so. And that's it recorded, by the way, in the Jewish encyclopedia. And then he goes on to explain God's judgment and mercy for all. Amos predicts that God will ultimately sift the people of Israel among all the nations 
as grain is shaken in a sieve. Chapter 9, verse 9. And only the righteous will survive. Note that this sifting is not restricted to those living in Israel, but also those among all the nations. And I put that in quotes because it's, the, the Bible talks about among all, those, all in the nations. Amos also warns those who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. Chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. The day of the coming of the Lord is not going to be a good day. Things will be happening that, are, that will be disastrous. While the book of Amos is primarily a book of judgment, it ends with God's mercy and the promise that the Jewish people will be returned to their land, never to be rooted out again. Chapter 9, verses 14 and 15 states, they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. What a wonderful declaration. So on the one hand, we have Amos's promise of the restoration of the land of Israel. But on the other hand, we have his warnings which are still relevant today, both for those living abroad as well as those living in the land. Those days of prosperity, at least in the northern kingdom, made it possible for some to live extravagant lives while ignoring many of the great concepts and commandments of the Jewish law that taught the people to practice justice and loving kindness. Well, we see the same situation in many nations today and they are not immune to judgment, as you can well see looking around the world with COVID and all the other diseases and, and destruction that is going on and the defiance of the lawlessness that's out there. Running rampant through every country. Amos warns, or I should say Amos's warnings, extend beyond the borders of the Holy Land. They extend to your land and my land and every land and nation. We know that this is true because the book of Amos describes God as having concern for the nations. In chapter 9, verse 7, we read, Are not you Israelites the same to me as the Cushites? declares the Lord. Did I not bring Israel up from Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtor, and the Aramaeans from Kerr? God cares about every nation. God is not only the God of Israel, he is also the God of the entire universe. He cares for all people everywhere, 
And he sees the oppressed and needy wherever they are, not just in Israel. He sees what is happening in the world today and it breaks his heart. Amos reveals that there are dire consequences for failing to care for the poor and the orphans and the widows. And here we are amongst war-torn lands and nations. Refugees living in such devastation in France and Germany and around the world. Risking their lives to cross the ocean to get to England that isn't big enough to hold many. When we ignore those in need, our pious displays become meaningless. We cannot turn a blind eye to the needs of others, placing a priority on prayer services over serving him in practical ways. Both are essential. If we are truly in relationship with God, it will be expressed also in our relationships with each other and our attitudes towards those who have less than others. Or sorry, I should say we have less than ourselves. In other words, we share what we've got. God desires justice. And yet today, despite humankind's knowledge and advancement, injustice is everywhere. So as believers, we have much to do. And I'm talking to believers today. In a world in which one child dies of malnutrition every six seconds and refugees are fleeing for their safety, Amos prophecies have a very special relevance. This Hebrew prophet points us to the place where worshipping God, our Adonai, and the formulation of a caring, loving community intersect and result in appropriate outreach to the needy and the oppressed wherever they are found. We need to stand together in these last days. And we need to spread the good news of Jesus, not only to the Jewish people and the Arabs in in and around Israel, but around the world. And we need to bring the good word, the good news of God to the refugees and to the lawless ones out there. Isaiah 40 Verses 1 and 2 puts it this way. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her, that her hard services have been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand 
double for all her sins. And in closing, I would say this. Look at the lawlessness that is rampant in the world. Look how COVID struck every nation at almost precisely the same time, one nation after the other. Look how it is still through man's evil hands. It is still rampant. Do not trust it. Do not trust that this virus, this man-made corruption, this evil will go away on its own. The only way is to look to God. The only way is to get on your knees and pray. And I'm talking to every person in the world right now. There are four things God asks his people to do. If my people would humble themselves, if they would pray, if they would turn from their wicked ways, and if they would repent, then he will hear from heaven and he will heal their land and he will forgive their sins and he will deliver everybody in every nation and he will heal every person. It doesn't take a bomb. It takes Jesus and it takes you listening to the sound of my voice out there right now. To understand those four points. Turn from your wicked waves. Turn from abortion. Turn from murder and slaughter and violence. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your lack of concern. Turn from your self-indulgences and safe so-called places. And look to God Almighty. Because if you don't, if you do not listen to the sound of my voice right now, you are doomed. We are coming into end time swiftly. And only Father God can rest his hand on his creation, his world, his beautiful earth, his beautiful garden. And he will wipe out the evil doers that have caused this devastation. The Bible talks about the days when there will be such increase in knowledge. People will be running to and fro from one country to the other, jumping on planes and just going for it. And with it goes the spread of COVID. With it goes the spread of corruption. With it goes our children going missing and, 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 in, and, to, in, and to the nearest paediophiliac, with which there are many. We need to listen to the things that America's politicians are telling the world. America was always a blessed country until the super rich took it into their own hands to make ultra-human beings out of computers. 
You'd listen to the sound of my voice, but you'd listen to my words. If you do, humble yourself, pray, fully repent, and that means turning away from your wicked ways, whether you think they're wicked or not. God will keep his word. If you do not, then he will not. That is where I will leave it for today. I just want to be a blessing to everybody because people need to be told it is the right time for this world to change its evil ways and to be aware of the evil people who are causing what we are currently all lined up and into right now. Amen.